This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation on the biggest stories out of the Vatican. The Ukrainian president began his latest swing through Europe for talks on war and peace. Meeting with Pope Francis and Italian leaders. The pontiff has previously offered his efforts to try and end the war that Russia began with its invasion of Ukraine a year ago. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky met Pope Francis at the Vatican this weekend. Pope Francis has long begged for an end to this war. Could this latest meeting be an important stepping stone in brokering peace between Russia and Ukraine? I'm Ricardo de Silva, and this is Inside the Vatican. Good morning from an increasingly warmer New York, where the seasonal allergies just seem to get worse by the day. How are you, Jerry? Good afternoon from uh, wet and uh, rather cold Rome. We have temperatures plummeting and then rising and then plummeting again. So, Jerry, I'm back. No sooner had you got rid of me and I'm back on the show. It's great to be with you. Unfortunately, Colleen is not feeling well, and so I'm standing in for her. Well, I'm very happy you're there too. It's good. Colleen, of course, is, will be our normal uh, host, but it's inevitable that she's a young mother with a child, and so things can periodically go wrong. But I'm always happy to have you too. I've got two very good hosts, so I'm very relaxed and happy at this end of the Atlantic. We're hitting the second century of our uh, recording. Indeed, it's our 200th episode of Inside the Vatican. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, it comes in the morning when I've been very busy here in Rome. We had at the Vatican a presentation of the new president of Caritas International, who is uh, the Archbishop of Tokyo, and who's really got a, quite a good track record in this, Archbishop Tarcisius Kikuchi. He's a divine word father and uh, Archbishop of Tokyo, and I imagine he will be made cardinal this coming consistory this year, what we expect, or the year after. And then the Secretary General, I think uh, our Jesuit listeners would be delighted to know that he was a former Jesuit refugee service worker, Alistair Dutton. He was currently up to the moment of his election, the Secretary General of Caritas in Scotland. So, Jerry, on an ordinary week at the Vatican, we might have had time to dig into what was going on at Caritas um, and the appointment of the new president and secretary general. But we've had a really big thing happen at the Vatican this weekend. And really, there's one story to focus on. Volodymyr Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, was at the Vatican on Saturday for a private meeting with Pope Francis. The Ukrainian president spent 40 minutes with the pope and holding his hand to his heart Speaking in French, he told the Pope it was a great honor to meet him. 
We know that the Pope has repeatedly expressed a desire to visit war-torn Ukraine, but only with the proviso that he can also visit Russia. He has tried to dialogue with Russian President Vladimir Putin, but despite his many attempts, this has proved impossible. So, before we decode what this latest step might mean in the Vatican's mediation efforts to end the war on Ukraine, let's recap what happened at the weekend when Pope Francis received Zelensky, and how does this meeting appear to have come about? Well, it was uh, quite a day in Rome because it was wet and drizzly and cold, and the Ukrainian president, Mr. Zelensky, arrived in the morning at the Rome airport and then met the Italian president, and then, before meeting the Pope, met with the Italian prime minister, and she guaranteed him, as did the president, Italy's 360-degree support for Ukraine in its effort to push the Russians back out of their territory. Which includes the supply of military arsenal needed for the war. Yes, they guaranteed humanitarian, military, and other kind of assistance, financial assistance to Ukraine, including support for its entry into the European Union. This was very important. And then Mr. Zelensky left the Palazzo Chigi, which is the official residence of the Italian prime minister, and drove for about 10, 15 minutes less to the Vatican under extraordinary security protection. The skies over Rome were no-fly zone for the whole period of his stay in the city. There were snipers on the rooftops. Security, I, I think many people think perhaps even greater than when President Biden came. So, Jerry, what do we know about the lead-up to President Zelensky's appearance at the Vatican? I mean, do we know when this was decided? We don't know the actual precise details, but I suspect that this was probably discussed when the Prime Minister of Ukraine, Dinesh Mikul, visited Francis on the eve of his visit to Hungary, the day before he came. And they talked together. And I suspect that at that meeting, uh, he would have told Francis, look, President Zelensky is coming to Italy. Would you be open to receiving him? And Francis, of course, is open to receiving people. He's made it very clear he wants to reach out to the Ukrainian president and to the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. But we believe that the request came from the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, to meet with Francis. Is there significance to this that, you know, Francis didn't request this invitation? We presume, we presume. Uh, we, we don't have any definite information, but it's normal that the head of state would ask for an audience with the Pope. This is the normal practice. Francis has made very clear that he is open to conversing with both Zelensky and Putin. And in fact, uh, Francis didn't have to send anybody to talk with Zelensky. Because, as I said, you know, there's a highway of communication all the time going on. Whereas on the highway to Moscow, there's very little traffic. So we know that the Vatican issued a very brief statement where it said that the two men spoke about Ukraine's humanitarian and political situation provoked by the war going on and offered its prayers. But do we know any more specifics? I mean, do you know more from your sources? That's already very interesting because they speak about the humanitarian and the political 
situation of the Ukraine. Because the humanitarian situation relates to, Francis has been deeply involved with the exchange of prisoners, and he received from Mr. Zelensky's office five or six lists of prisoners. We know that prisoner exchanges have happened. Hundreds and hundreds of prisoners have been exchanged on both sides. Mm -hmm. And we know from his meeting with Prime Minister Shmihal that the Pope has been asked to intercede on behalf of the children who are captured in Russia, right, to return them to Ukraine. The Prime Minister of Ukraine asked the Pope to help get back for Ukraine the almost 20,000 children that have been forcibly taken into Russia. And we know that in the discussion with Zelensky, this was one of the issues raised because Zelensky said it afterwards. The Pope has made very clear he's going to do what he can to help. In the statement from the Vatican as well, it said, the Pope underlined in particular the urgent need for humanitarian gestures towards the most fragile persons or innocent victims of the conflict. So it's clear that that was clearly discussed. Maybe the release of prisoners, certainly the release of children, because we later found out from Zelensky in a tweet when he acknowledged that he met with Pope Francis and his gratitude for this. We later found out that Mr. Zelensky had called Pope Francis to act for the return of over 19,000 children who have been forcibly taken to Russia. Yes, and, and I understand from a statement by one of the people close to Zelensky, one of his advisors, there was also a third element of the humanitarian aspect, identifying the Ukrainians that are now in Russia. Because hundreds of thousands of people who were in the Ukraine in the occupied territories and have been taken or wanted to go, we don't know what, to Russia, and the, their identity is not known. We know that many people were killed. So it's important to know who is still alive and who's in Russia. And so this is a third aspect of the humanitarian effort that the Vatican can contribute to. Whether Russia is willing to do that is another question. So on the humanitarian front, it seems that Pope Francis and Zelensky are really able to work together and that Pope Francis is able to influence this. Where there seems to be a sticking point is on the political front. And again, I think President Zelensky made this very clear in his tweet after the meeting, where he said, I asked Pope Francis to condemn Russian crimes in Ukraine because, he said, there can be no equality between the victim and the aggressor. And he made it very clear that the only way that peace can come is through the peace formula that he has devised. What do we know about this 10-point peace formula and how on board Pope Francis might be with that? Well, Francis is trying to get a ceasefire, to stop the killing, to stop the destruction. Right now, there is no will on either side for the ceasefire because Ukrainians want to regain their territory before they talk about peace, because they say, if we talk about peace without regaining our territory, Russia will stay in the territory and we will never get it back. Now, Francis wants the killing to stop, but it's an uphill struggle. Archbishop Gallagher said, as you mentioned with Colleen on the show last week, that this is what needs to happen, that Ukraine needs to receive its territory in return. Yes, both, both Zelensky and the, and the Pope agreed that there should be a just peace. I remember when I interviewed Archbishop Gallagher, and he used that same phrase, just peace. And I said, what does a just peace mean? 
and he says the withdrawal of Russian troops from Ukrainian territory. And, and that's the clearest statement we've had from the Vatican on what they understand as just peace. Now, the, one of the biggest points on which Ukrainians are very unhappy about the Pope is this one that Zelensky raised, that you cannot put the aggressor on the same level as the victim. And uh, Francis uh, is more nuanced here because Francis sees both the Ukrainians and the Russians as children of God, and that they're both being children who are killing each other. I remember recently speaking with a Ukrainian priest who came here to visit. He said, one year ago, I was burying one soldier a day. Now I'm burying three or four. And I, as I carry out these funerals, I look and you see a young woman standing beside the coffin of her husband in her early 20s with a little child. And he said, that woman will tell the child, the Russians killed your dad. And so the hatred will be transmitted for 50 more years or more. And Francis is very conscious that this war is sowing the seeds of hatred for generations. And he wants to stop the killing, but he also wants to stop the spread of that cancer of hatred. And I mean, he really could not have given a clearer sign, I think. We know now that Pope Francis gave a bronze work of art representing an olive branch. That was one of the gifts that he gave to President Zelensky at the end of the meeting. And in the statement from the Vatican, we were told that that is a symbol of peace. He also gave the president a number of his own publications. But interesting among those publications was this one book, which is titled An Encyclical on Peace in Ukraine, and it's a collection of the Pope's talks and homilies on the war. I, I was quite struck by those two gifts from the Vatican. And then I think President Zelensky, in his own gifts, was also giving a very clear statement about Ukraine's position. Now, he gave the Pope a work of art of the Madonna of Our Lady wearing a flak jacket, so one of these armored jackets that the Ukrainian soldiers wear in protection during the war. And also a work of art made from anti-projectile pieces from sites of conflict. And there was this gift of the, of the Madonna with a child, but the child's face was blackened out. And this was a reminder of, it was called Lost. Yeah, Perdita, the killing of the Ukrainian children during the war. I think this encyclical on peace in Ukraine shows just how eager and the lengths to which Pope Francis will go to communicate the message of peace that he wants him to read these texts in his own time um, and, and reflect on them. Well, I, I don't think Zelensky will have time to be reading. <laughs> the, the sheer volume, let's say, of the documentation says, look, I, I haven't forgotten you. Here is what I've been doing. And then he said to him, I will keep praying for peace, he told him. And Zelensky appreciated this. But then Zelensky left the Pope. He did it 90 minutes on the television here. And then he went off to Berlin, and then went from Berlin to Paris, and then went from Paris to London. Uh, the BBC said he, he was on a shopping spree to get more weapons so that they can win the war that he's convinced they can win. And a diplomatic mission to garner support. But Jerry, thank you for setting the scene of this meeting between Pope Francis and President Zelensky for us. After the break... 
we'll attempt to decipher and unravel what this latest meeting between the Pope and Mr. Zelensky means for the Vatican's continued attempts to end this devastating war, now in its second year. Stay with us. Saints for Sinners offers hundreds of saint medallions, all beautifully hand-painted in New Orleans. Each medal is unique, and there's a saint for everyone and anyone. For animal lovers, for musicians, for mothers, for daughters, these saint medals are all wearable and make great gifts for any occasion. The saints offer guidance, perspective, comfort, and most of all, hope. These one-of-a-kind hand-painted saint medals are tiny tokens of hope. Find your saint online at saintsforsinners.com. Imported from Italy, hand-painted in New Orleans, visit saintsforsinners.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory— Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Jerry, President Zelensky told the Italian press on Saturday that Pope Francis' efforts at a mediation for peace are essentially futile. He said, one cannot make a mediation with Putin. He just knows how to kill. It is not a question of the Vatican, Latin America, or China. Although he clearly recognizes the Vatican's efforts, he also said in a tweet that day that Pope Francis does everything possible to achieve peace and harmony throughout the world. So where do you think this latest meeting leaves the Vatican in its plan to broker peace? Well, Francis has made clear that his main line of communication with the Russian leadership, in other words, with Putin, is through the ambassador who has just left. Francis considered him a very learned man, a man you could talk with, and he, he obviously got on with him, and he gave him the the list of prisoners, and they got results. So he, he felt this was a man I can dialogue with. Francis, he himself said, this is my, was my main road of communication with Russian leadership. Francis communicated through Cardinal Parolin when he met uh, the F Russian foreign minister in New York at the United Nations in September 2022. And presumably there is still communication at that level. But the reality is Putin doesn't want to talk to Francis in this. He has not spoken to Francis since the end of December 2021. Francis keeps trying to open the door. So if not through Putin, I mean, what power does Francis have to broker peace? Francis has a diplomatic corps. He has 110 diplomatic missions with full diplomatic relations with 183 states. That's most of the states of the United Nations. With, I think you can count in two hands the number of states that are not full diplomatic relations with the Holy See, one of them being China, one of them being Saudi Arabia, one of them being Afghanistan. So significant soft power among the world's leaders. 
he exercises soft power, and many of them he has met personally. For example, the new president of Brazil, Francis was communicating with him when he was in prison. So he's got a good relationship with this man. And that's important because Russia is part of this BRICS alliance, so Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Yes, and remember the, the, the Prime Minister of India, Modi, came and visited Francis, I think about 18 months ago, and has invited him and has an in standing invitation to Francis, come and visit the country. And it's, it's anticipated maybe that visit could happen at the end of next year. But uh, the, the reality is Francis has, knows these people face-to-face. -face. He also knows Putin. But Zelensky has stolen a march on Putin. He has come to the Pope and he has talked with him. Mm -hmm. So what do you think the value of this meeting then really is for Pope Francis in terms of his plan for peace? In terms of the Ukraine, it has enabled him to meet the, key, the president of the country who is inspiring the resistance. He will have gained an important insight into the man's heart and how he intends to lead his people to peace. He will also have understood what the limitations of his influence on Zelensky. With Putin, he's met him three times, so he knows the man reasonably well, I think. But he also knows that Putin is closed at present, and Francis says, where there is closure, you cannot go to get peace. And so he will keep trying to open that door. You're saying that this meeting between President Zelensky and Pope Francis puts pressure on Putin to come to the table. Absolutely. This war is being fought at several levels. There's an information war going alongside the missile war. Russia has been very able at getting its narrative through, even in some of the democratic countries, through various means. And here now, they are in a situation where they're not winning this war. I think the Chinese have sent a delegate to Moscow, and then he will go to Ukraine as well, to Kiev. Uh, they want to somehow broker peace. But uh, the question is, on what terms? And we're at, Ricardo, we're at the, on the verge of what could be a very, very bloody uh, conflict in the next few months. So, I mean, this meeting could prove instrumental indeed, if, if nothing to add to the pressure that Russia might feel to come to the table of negotiations to end this war. But Pope Francis has also spoken about a secretive behind-the-scenes peace mission, right? And do you think that this meeting is part of that, or is there still something else in the works? I, I think this meeting anticipated one element of that peace process. Because obviously Francis was trying to reach out to the two leaders, to Putin and to Zelensky. Zelensky facilitated this by coming straight to Francis. Putin is out in the cold still. He's not talking to Francis. He's not uh, showing any willingness to, to talk. So in a sense, what the Vatican can do is limited. Mm -hmm. Well, as Colleen said last week, I mean, yes, what the Vatican can do is limited, but you keep reminding us, Pope Francis keeps reminding us, 
that he still has one other power, right? I mean, he still has the power of prayer, and we can talk about that on this show. And it seems that the Pope's prayers, at least in some form, have come to show fruit because Zelensky has come to the table. He has been able to help prisoners. He's been able to help children respond to the humanitarian crisis and also find a way in navigating through this very tricky political process. Yes, Ricardo, Zelensky would not have come to the Pope unless he thought the Pope could help him in some way. I, I think this is the bottom line. His prime minister, delegations from the parliament, they're all coming to the Pope because the, they feel the Pope is an actor in this whole equation. Well, Jerry, I think this is a perfect place for us to end the show on. A more optimistic note, looking to what Pope Francis has already been able to achieve, despite many critics saying that he was wasting his time. He's paid attention and he's persisted and he's prayed. And hopefully uh, this will continue to show fruits into the future. And we'll be reporting on that for hopefully not too much longer, but certainly for as long as it lasts. Thank you, Jerry. Hopefully Colleen will be back next week and you'll be sitting down to a conversation with her. Thank you, Ricardo, and it's always good to talk with you and, of course, with her. Thank you. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This episode was produced by Maggie Van Dorn. Audio engineering by Kevin Christopher Robles. Production assistance from Kevin Jackson and Christopher Spielman. Our executive producer is Sebastian Gomes. We recorded this week's show in the William J. Loeschitz Studio at America Media in New York. To keep up with the latest news out of the Vatican, please follow us on Twitter at INSDE Vatican Pod. That's inside without the second I, Vatican Pod. You can also follow me on Twitter at RickDSSJ. That's R-I-C-D-S-S-J. And Jerry at Jerry O'Rome. That's G-E-R-R-Y-O-R-O-M-E. We also ask that you consider becoming a digital subscriber. Just click on the link in our show notes. It's easy to do and the best way to support our work here on Inside the Vatican. And if you have a little time to spare, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Ricardo De Silva. We'll see you next time.